Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, friends. I am so delighted today to be talking about one of my very favorite subjects, food. And before I do that, I just wanted to call out two quick things. The first is I have received just the loveliest comments and messages about my first solo episode of 2022. It was about sustainable habits and joyful goals. And I'm just super grateful. And it's interesting. There's something that somebody shared with me that I had not even thought of. And this person commented about how Edit Your Life had always felt like they were eavesdropping on my friendship with Asha. And now it feels like I'm talking directly to them. And that comment just kind of stopped me in my tracks. You know, I just hadn't thought of it that way and what the experience would be like perceptually. So that's really cool. So thank you to the person who shared that with me. The second thing I wanted to call out is I hope that you enjoyed last week's episode about weathering pandemic stress and uncertainty. It was really joyful to record that with my husband, Jonathan Baxter, just the most talented therapist around. And it was really, really wonderful. And actually, I'm realizing now, assuming things stay to schedule, my next episode will be with another incredible therapist um, about helping kids through this difficult time. So stay tuned for that. So. On to today's episode. I think it's actually related to last week's weathering pandemic stress and uncertainty episode because one of the things that John and I talked about on the back half of the show was finding the little things that you can connect to that bring comfort, make you feel better. And for me, one of those things is food. So the inspiration for talking about weekend food prep, it's funny, a few weeks ago, I posted on Instagram stories about my Sunday food prep, and I was just kind of, I don't know, I was, it was just something to do. I thought it would be fun to kind of give people a window into what was going on in my kitchen. And oh my goodness, people had so many questions. And I actually have also, as I was looking through my notes, have had other specific asks about food prep and how I do it and specifically the tactics of how I do it and why I do it. 
So it's interesting because originally I was thinking, oh, I don't know, like, could I talk about this? I feel so kind of fluid and a little loosey-goosey maybe in my approach. Do I even have a plan when I'm doing this? But the more I thought about it, I realized that what is now reflexive and second nature to me has kind of sprung from experience and experimenting with things. And I realized I do have a way that I think about food and preparation um, that now is just kind of, I do it and there are some very specific things that I do. So I wanted to talk about those today because I thought uh, this would be really helpful and this is what people asked for. First, I wanted to start with a few framing elements. And this is where I realized that I do, in fact, have some structure. I realized there are three things that, <laughs> that kind of drive my, my food prep and what I do. And the first thing is something that I have long been wed to, and it's a regular practice for me. Asha and I wrote about this in Minimalist Parenting. We've talked about it here on the podcast, but it's the week look ahead and the calendar edit. In a nutshell, every week I look ahead at my schedule, and if things are looking a little dodgy <laughs> in terms of capacity... I work on trying to edit the calendar, trying to move things around, trying to cancel things, basically seeing what is happening and what I can edit. There are some weeks, actually, just like last week, which was a total nightmare in terms of scheduling. Sometimes there are so many appointments on my calendar that are dependent or involve other people that I can't move stuff. And it's those weeks where I do a lot of food prep because I just know that um, if I have a lot of meetings, for example, running up right until the end of the workday, I'm not going to have anything in the tank for food prep and everybody's going to be hungry by the time I'm actually off meetings, etc. So the week look ahead really drives kind of how much food prep I have. If I look at the week and you know there's not a lot going on towards and there's a lot of flexibility at the end of the day, I probably won't do as much. I'll probably still do some, but not as much. And Second, related to the first thing, is that especially if I'm going to do a lot of food prep, I realized as I was thinking about this episode that I really do focus on very easy, no-brainer stuff. So when I get to the tactical side of this episode, I'm going to um, share kind of categorically the things that are the easiest, the things that are easy, and then the things that are a little more effort. And I'm going to give you a specific look into what I make. And in the show notes, which you should definitely check out where I can, I will link up recipes. Um, I've already done a lot of digging for that. I have a lot of them, which is good. And then the third thing is that I realize that sometimes my food prep is driven by my focus on reducing food waste, which is something that has always been top of mind for me. But kicked into gear in a big way during the pandemic. Just to give you a little bit of context, we do have a basement and we have some storage shelves down there. And uh, previously, I think the way we had it, yes, the way we had it laid out was one shelf was dedicated to kind of savory, like mealtime types of groceries, back groceries. And the other shelf was dedicated to bake, baking type stuff, um, you know, sugar, flour, et cetera. And then I realized at some point that I needed to switch things up kind of as I was getting a little bit more obsessive about food waste and really, really wanting to reduce that. Um, so I switched the way I 
organize my shelves and it's actually by like in like six month brackets. So for example, um, you know, there's still two sides, there's two shelves. There's one that's mealtime stuff and there's one that's, uh, baking type stuff. But, um, if I've got three shelves on each, the first or four shelves on each, um, no, I think it's three. Um, the top shelf will be, for example, the first six months of 2022, the second shelf will be the second, you know, July to December, 2022. And then the bottom shelf will be anything that, you know, has a longer tail, like 2023 to 2024. So even though organizationally, it took a little bit of a shift because if you're looking for something, you don't see it on that top shelf, then you have to visually scroll down and look at the other stuff. But it has really been a game changer because I can immediately see, okay, what do I have that's going to be expiring soon? And that makes me think, what can I make with that? So those are three very tactical framing things that are now kind of just um, in my second nature. I just do them, but I wanted to let you know about them because I think especially if you are wanting to reduce food waste, it's a it's an important thing. Or if you have a lot of meetings, I thought these were really important things to bring up. Okay, so I'm going to get to the tactics. We're going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages six and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, friends, we're back and we're talking about weekend food prep. And I want to say first that generally speaking, I'm a big fan of just pantry staples. And in fact, I should check in our back catalog because I think Asha and I have talked about pantry staples, possibly freezer staples. So those are just a really important backbone, especially for lunch. And I don't really actually think much about advanced lunch prepping because everything else I'm going to talk about serves and fuels lunch. But I will say that as long as we've got 
tortilla, bread, cheese, veggie burgers, fruit, usually apples and oranges, and raw vegetables like carrots and celery were good on lunch. So um, those kind of basics are always part of our grocery rotation and super helpful. But typically what I want to focus on today is breakfast and dinner because like many families, our pain points are the morning (laughs) when everybody is groggily trying to get going and dinner when everybody is landing back at home, they're hungry. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, these days I often have meetings running to the end of the day. So it's just a lot. And sometimes it's exhausting and really sometimes it's just nachos for dinner, which are which is great. I might, you know, maybe I'll do a separate episode if people want it on like phone it in dinners. So anyway, today I want to focus and share what I do to prep breakfast and dinner, because those are really the big pain points around here. All right. So let's dive in and start with breakfast. So, oh my gosh, it was so interesting. When I was sharing on Instagram stories, one of the things I referenced that I didn't even think was like a big deal was smoothies. And I make Laurel loves green smoothies. um, And so I make them in advance for five days. And people were like, what? (laughs) Like, what is happening? How is that all working? So let me address the main things that came up. So I did some years ago, I splurged on a Vitamix. Uh, I bought it on eBay. I found the cheapest price I could because they are quite expensive. And in the Vitamix, if you load that sucker up, I can make five smoothies, uh, a weekday's worth of smoothies at a time. So the first thing about these smoothies, I want to say, that came up and was like causing a big kerfuffle was I don't use fancy to-go cups. I don't, I didn't even know those were a thing until people started asking me about them. I just, I'm the kind of person who, if we stop at a Starbucks or a Dunkin' or whatever and have those plastic to-go cups, I wash them and we reuse them until they break. So I just use recycled cups and lids. Not a huge deal. We have some uh, metal straws. Some of the the lids have a like built in like sippy thing. So we just reuse those. Not a big deal. The other thing about the smoothies, though, is that the ones the blend I make, it doesn't separate. So I'll just say if I ever make smoothies that involve berries the water content in the berries is really high and you'll get like that watery inch on the bottom like a day later that looks really disgusting. I mean, it's not terrible. It's not the end of the world. And berries, being able to have frozen berries in winter, it's a privilege. But it it isn't the most savory. And actually by taste, I prefer this other blend that I make. So I think the reason this doesn't separate is because I use oat milk. I use plain yogurt bananas. I think bananas like help bind that stuff together. Uh, mixed frozen fruit like mango and pineapple, a splash of maple syrup and spinach, a lot of spinach. And so I don't really measure things on my Instagram stories. I did attempt to try to measure things, but I don't really measure things. I just make it. So there's something about this blend. And I think it is the oat milk and the bananas and the yogurt that really bind it together. I'll get to day five, that very last smoothie, or Laurel will get to day five, and they're still holding together. So those are essential because she leaves the house the earliest, and it's just great for her to have that and an easy breakfast. Okay. So I told you I was going to categorically tell you sort of what my easiest, easy, and a little bit more effort (laughs) types of brackets are for um, the different food buckets. So the easiest for me 
is Baking Illustrated's Northern Cornbread. I have a link to the recipe. I will share it in the show notes. And Northern Cornbread, I learned this from Baking Illustrated. There is Northern, there's Southern. Southern is more dry and crumbly. Northern is more like soft and fluffy. So the reason you might be like, wait, baking stuff? Like that's not easiest. But the reason it is easiest is because a while back, we were going through so much of it that I prepped the dry ingredients four batches at a time in, you know, reusable, recycled plastic containers and just stick them in my pantry. So uh, because I have those dry ingredients prepped and think of it like, you know, like when you get like a cookie mix, that's all like mixed up. It's just the same thing like that. Um, Because all of the dry ingredients are prepped and I do sub in gluten-free flour and it doesn't change the taste at all, which is amazing. All I need to do is add um, butter, eggs, and milk. I don't even use buttermilk. I just use whole milk and add a splash of lemon to get to turn it into buttermilk. So having the dry ingredients prepped means I can literally put this together in minutes, stick it in the oven, and in 25 minutes, it's out. So that is really, for us, easiest. Uh, The next level, easy, but just maybe slightly more effort, probably because I don't um, prep the, the dry ingredients, are loaves. I have favorite zucchini bread, pumpkin bread, and banana bread recipes. I do have links for the zucchini and pumpkin bread recipes, and I will link them in the show notes. And the time saver here is I always double the recipe so that one loaf can go in the freezer and then one is for immediate use. It's a great time saver. And then on the a bit more effort scale, I have a wonderful granola recipe that I love and I have a link for. I'll share that. Uh, it feels like a bit more effort because you you do have to mix together a bunch of nuts. Also, you know, Violet has a tree nut allergy, so it's not, I think I don't gravitate towards it because 25% of our household can't access it. So I'm always looking for stuff that everybody can eat. Um, or another option is steel cut oats. And I put that under a bit more effort because you have to cook it for like 25 to 30 minutes and we just do it on the stove, which means you have to pay attention and not burn it. So... <laughs> It's still not super hard, but it's a bit more effort. So that's breakfast. Usually between having some kind of baked loaf or cornbread and then cereal options and then laurel smoothies, we are good to go in the morning, which is fantastic. Okay, moving on to dinner, the the, the big pain point. So I have realized that as I was thinking about this is that my general strategy is to prep elements that can be mixed and matched in many different ways. Um, or one, one dish, one pot meals that create plenty of leftovers. So let me talk about easiest first. The easiest things, I have a couple options, which are real great base options. One is putting on a pot of brown rice. We often cube a little tofu into it because we love tofu. We have a steel pressure cooker from Korea that my mom gave me. It's probably similar to an instant pot. I don't know. But the reason I love it is because it requires zero supervision. You just put your rice in, you put your water and you turn it on and it goes. Um, so in our house, rice can be put in anything. It can be put in a quesadilla or a taco. It can be the base of a rice bowl. There's so many uses for it that it's just, we always pretty much have a container of rice in the fridge, cooked rice. Second, easiest, also easy, a pot of quinoa. Quinoa is a great easy base for all manner of things, uh, especially if you want to imitate sweet green. <laughs> which I tried for the first time this past weekend. And it was like, okay, let's look at their flavor combos and like, let's replicate that. And then 
The third very, very easy kind of base that I like to have around is some kind of vegetarian protein. So uh, one of the members of my household is a vegetarian, so that's that's an important thing to have a lot of options. And plus, you know, we we have reduced our meat consumption over time, so um, we just like having a lot of options. So that could be either a pot of beans uh, in that same steel pot I mentioned that my mom gave me. I will make a big pot from dried, and then I'll freeze batches so we have plenty to roll out whenever we need it, or tofu in some kind of form. Okay, so then. That's the, those are the easiest preps. They are the base for anything and everything that you want, which is great. In the easy category would be roasted vegetables. I think people who have listened to the show before when Asha and I have talked about food know that I am obsessed with roasted vegetables, love them so much. And I don't do anything fancy to them, but they are always perfect. The key for me is high heat, 450 degrees. And I always do two trays at a time because if you're turning on the oven, and you're making a tray of roasted vegetables, why not make two trays so that you have plenty of leftovers? Um, So popular items around here are Brussels sprouts, regular potatoes, sweet potatoes, carrots, that kind of stuff. When we had our CSA, I was like roasting all manner of vegetables that I sort of didn't know what to do with, and it was awesome. (laughs) Um, All I do is toss with olive oil and salt, and then I'll bake for 15 or 20 minutes, flip with a spatula so you get the crispies all around, and bake for another. 10 or 15 until done. It kind of depends on how how big your chunks are. So that's actually really easy. The biggest hassle is cleaning up the pans, but that's it. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Okay. And then for a bit more effort, um, I have a few options for you, and I want to talk about why they're great. One thing requires a bit more effort, but now I really have it down, is I learned from America's Test Kitchen Kids, actually, like a great corn tortilla hack and have a great recipe that is like foolproof. This is great because tacos can be used as a base for any meal. We've had breakfast tacos, lunch tacos, dinner tacos. So 
Yes, I have a link for that recipe. It'll be in the show notes. A couple other great, actually, the rest of the recommendations I have here are the sort of one dish or one pot items that can result in a lot of leftovers, which is really great. One is lasagna, like a classic spinach lasagna. The second is a quiche. Uh, That was one of the things I shared about actually in my Instagram stories that Sunday was doing a broccoli and cheese quiche. That's a hugely popular item. And actually, I decided that day. It was right after the holidays and we were all seriously buttered out, like could not with more butter. And I did crustless, which was great because that meant I could eat everything. I didn't have to throw the crust away. And then um, somebody on Instagram shared with me a vegetarian chili recipe that I'll link up. And then actually same website, I believe, but vegetarian lentil soup. Um, I double this recipe and it freezes great. So yeah, yeah. I And actually in the recipe, I don't even add the water in addition to the stock because I prefer a thicker soup. And also because when I made it recently, I literally could not fit another thing in the pot. As you can see, like my focus is on bases that can be mixed and matched or elements that can be mixed and matched or one pot, one dish items that can serve us through the week. Okay. So I thought it would be helpful to close this out, to give you an example from this past weekend, it was the holiday three-day weekend, just so you can see kind of where my decision-making panned out or did not. (laughs) So on this long weekend, I didn't actually do any prep on Saturday. Uh, It was a long weekend and I was running around doing some other stuff that day. So just imagine this cadence on a Saturday and Sunday, but this particular week, it occurred on a Sunday and Monday. So on Sunday, I ended up going for the easiest breakfast option. I made cornbread because Vi asked for it. That was, (laughs) that was it. And it has carried us through the week. I will say I did think about making granola because yum, but then I didn't because partially because it was more effort and I wasn't really in the mood. And also because the trays that I usually use for granola were already in use since I had made peanut butter cookies for a friend. (laughs) So I'm just sharing this so you can see that it's a very fluid process. The decision-making just depends on various things. All right, so that was Sunday. All I did was prep cornbread. It wasn't wasn't a lot. So on Monday, it ended up unintentionally being sort of a joint effort. Uh, John had put on a pot of brown rice and tofu because that's a great base to have, and um, he seems to be better about getting the rice done than I am for some reason. But anyway, so that was done. Super easy. Laurel decided to make a big batch of seasoned tofu because this is her favorite protein and she wanted to have a big batch for lunches through the week. And she just sauteed it with an Asian uh, sauce from Trader Joe's. So it was like super easy, really quick. And we've actually used it in Asian style burritos this week for lunch. So that worked out really well. And then also on Monday, I ended up sort of unexpectedly making vegetarian lentil soup. I was inspired to do that because it was a ridiculously cold and raw day. And I just thought, oh, you know, what are we going to have as something we can turn to throughout the week? As I mentioned earlier, I double the batch when I make this. It makes a huge pot, which is awesome. So two quarts, and again, these are just reusable containers we have kicking around. Two quarts went right into the freezer And the remaining couple quarts plus some, I think, went right into the fridge or immediately into people's tummies. So, so, you know, ultimately, this was all very easy. It didn't require a lot of thinking and it was done. 
So that's it. That's the walkthrough. I know there was a lot. I hope you'll refer to this episode repeatedly. And let's get to your next edit. I'm going to cheat a little bit and I'm going to do a two-parter because I know one of them involves baking and I know everybody doesn't like baking. So my first one is if you are somebody who bakes, take one of your favorite baked good recipes. It could be the cornbread I mentioned. It could be muffins. It could be loaves, whatever. And prep a few batches of the dry ingredients in advance so that over time you can see that baking these types of things can be so quick and easy if you have all the measurement done and you've already saved yourself time by prepping it assembly line style. You only have to wash that set of cups and whatever else once. So it's super awesome. So give that a try. If you're not a baker, totally fine. My edit for you is to look in your pantry for expired or close to expired, whatever feels reasonable to you, food items, and think of something to make out of it. Let's do a little exercise in reducing food waste together. So fun, right? Okay, friends, you will find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at edityourlifeshow, or send me an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life, a review on Apple Podcasts, or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening, and happy food prep. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist, and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.